New on Curiosity Stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Introducing the Soul Collection by Brilliant Earth, the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. From pave rings to star-studded bracelets, each piece made with recycled gold or silver and beyond conflict-free diamonds, embodies Brilliant Earth's commitment to design, craftsmanship, quality, sustainability, and transparency. Drawing inspiration from the warmth and energy of the sun, soul is more than jewelry. It's an expression of your personality. The Soul Collection, exclusively at Brilliant Earth. Be light, be you. Awesome MMA strategy shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 49, which goes down on Saturday afternoon inside the UFC Apex. Lock time on Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be here for the next hour, breaking this one down for you from the main event, which, of course, is a contract weight matchup of 160 pounds between Islam Mahachev and Bobby Green. Of course, we lost a fight yesterday. Uh, Hannah Goldie and Jin Frey pulled from the fight card. Hannah Goldie pulling out due to a illness. So we're going to break this one down for you. Of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button. That always uh, does help us out. It's a great way to show your support here of the Osmo MMA. Guys, here is, of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter Pete. Rogers Jr. Pete, good Thursday afternoon to you, uh, man. It's it's another just some fights. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it, just some fights. Uh, but uh, you know, there's always a way for us to find a way to make some money on a Saturday afternoon. For sure. What's up, everybody? Thanks for the support. Thanks for checking us out again. Uh, last week was you know solid. I would say outside of uh, planting my flag on uh, on Striegel. Little did I know I planted my my flag in a pile of crap. But, uh, you know, it, and, and it ended up being an okay night for us. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I just wish that Striegel would have implemented some takedowns. And, man, he looked terrible. But I'll, I'll chalk that up as a, as a bad read. No worries at all. We're on to the next card, and we got some big cards ahead of us. So I cannot wait to break this one down, especially because of the main event. Bobby Green, my boy, cannot wait to hear your thoughts on it and excited to see what the listeners are thinking as well. Uh, mentioned something about last week's card. I had Jonathan Pierce on my show yesterday, and uh, mm-hmm. I spoke to him actually yesterday wow. afternoon. It was the final interview I did for the show, and uh, he he admitted that uh, you know basically his corner wanted him to stand up more and trade, but you know kind of just got into the to the grappling aspect of it. Uh, also admitted that uh, did not have a great uh, rehydration process. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, you know, th- those are things that as DFS players, we wish we might know a little bit mm. more of because, uh, you know, JSP did, did not go out there and get the store, uh, score we wanted. So, I mean, I think it was 95 points he scored. Um, you know, Parker Porter to me was probably my, my most disappointing play of, mm-hmm. of the day. Just didn't, didn't do the way we thought. Uh, but we, uh, we move on to this week. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Prize Picks later on the show. We'll talk about some props that Prize Picks has over for. The UFC card, uh, haven't seen any Bellator props. They haven't any Bellator props over there. Uh, but, man, if they do have some Bellator props on tomorrow, I'm looking at the prelims. Of course, uh, uh, the Bellator card is tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern time here in the States. Gagar Musasi in Austin, Vanderford. But we're here to break down UFC Vegas 49. Let's look right at the main event. Islam Mahachev taking on Bobby Green. Mahachev, 9,500 over on DraftKings, 6,700. For Bobby Green, of course, as we do this show, FanDuel salaries are not out yet. I mean, look, it's I love this opportunity for Bobby Green. Pete, mm-hmm. you know, you look at his age, where he's at. I mean, look, he gets a win. He, if he goes out there and shocks the MMA community, I mean, look, he's going to put himself right there in top contention. But as I think about this fight and like from a cash aspect, I think if you think Bobby Green can last 25 minutes, I don't mind getting to him in cash at 6700. Gonna allow me to do a lot of other things. But my general thought on the fight is he's gotta keep his feet north of that black line. And what I and for those who maybe don't understand what I'm talking about, if you look at the octagon, there's a black line. And basically, in that small octagon, you're about a foot or two away from your back being against the fence. I think if he finds himself in that position, it's going to be bad news for him. That's why I just think he's got to keep this uh, in the center of the octagon, and obviously he's got to keep it on the feet. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting matchup for sure, and uh, this isn't going to be uh, a cakewalk for Islam Mahachev, I don't think. Um, 
in the grappling situations, yes, I, I think that Mahachev will have a significant advantage there because we have seen, you know, Bobby Green getting taken down at times. And a lot of people don't realize that uh, his style, he, he, his origins are in wrestling. Like he, he started off, you know, wrestling in high school and uh, that's really what got him into martial arts in general. So he knows how to wrestle. I would say that he's better offensively than defensively and open mat defense. Bobby green is pretty good. He can sprawl. Well, he can uh, fight for underhooks circle away and, and getting into a better position uh, against the cage. It seems like some of a, a lackadaisical defense. And that's where I think where Islam Mahachev can have significant um, success there. Like we've seen Clay Guida have success against Bobby green and picking him up over his head and, Clay Guida is a tremendous wrestler, but I think that Mahachev's wrestling is just on another level. Now you bring into, you know, you, you start thinking about jujitsu. And I think that Islam Mahachev has, has one of the sneakiest, you know, uh, submission arsenals within the division. I think that his jujitsu is, is probably, you know, better than most of the division, to be honest. I mean, look what he did at Tiago Moises. And look, like, if, if you see, he has some similarities to Habib, um, not so ground and pound oriented, more of a submission guy. And uh, I'm excited for the fight in general. And I do think that Bobby Green's price is, is broken because of the five round potential. I'm going to get to plenty of him. And this could be a situation where in a five round atmosphere, even in a loss, he does enough to create, you know, to, to find himself in that optimal lineup, given tons of high scores for 9,000 options and maybe some underdogs kind of, you know, just laying some eggs and not really coming through for us. So cash games, totally agree with you. Bobby Green makes a ton of sense. Even GPPs. Um, let's, let's not like act like it's impossible for Bobby green to go out there and knock him out. Uh, Bobby green really hasn't found too many finishes outside of the ally Quinta fight, but, uh, yeah, I'm still siding with Islam Mahachev. I, I think that the grappling is just going to be, you know, you know, in his favor, but like, like you said, you have to have exposure on both sides, given the prices. And, and look, everyone loves Bobby Green. And, and he, he, here's a, a classic quote of why people love Bobby Green. This is on Monday's episode of the MA Hour. Quote, I cut 20, 25 pounds in three or four days. I want to show people I'm not crazy. I'm effing nuts. Get in there that. and do this S with the highest ranked guy in our effing division. I'm going to walk in there like a gangster and punch him right in his effing face. Like I I, that's the stuff like you see that quote, like you sit there and go, people love Bobby Green. I mean, the question, like we had a question over to score already about basically, uh, you know, does Green have the ability to get that get up ability? And if you believe he does, that does make Islam Mahajov a an interesting angle if he's able to, you know, if this thing goes 20, 25 minutes, he might have that ability to rack up a ton of takedowns. And one thing I want to mention where, you, you know, you talked about uh, Bobby Green and, and who he's fought. When you look at these fights that he's had over the past couple of years, not really going up against guys that are going to threaten the wrestling like Mahachev. I mean, you just look at Haparas, Iaquinta, Fazeev, uh, Moises, Patrick, Venata, Guida, Trinaldo, uh, Close, Coke. I mean, you just kind of go down those lines over the past couple of years. Not a ton of guys where he's had to really get ready for a, a grappling heavy fight. Yeah. And I'm not really sure that there are too many people within the division that can really get you prepared for Islam Mahachev. Um, it's just a different level. And I think Mahachev has improved over the years. His striking defense has improved. Um, obviously, we all remember that he's been knocked out already within his career. And Bobby Green has some of the sneakiest striking and, and great boxing within the division. And uh, he can get in your head. Now, um, a, a fighter like Bobby Green, if he starts to have success, then his his uh, his talking could possibly frustrate Islam Mahachev, mm -hmm. especially if he could run into some adversity there. And, uh, you know, we haven't really seen Islam have to pull himself out from from being under, you know, like a, in a bad position or, you know, in an inferior position where he's possibly losing a round. So how does he deal with adversity where? You know, certain fighters are already tested and Bobby Green's literally seen it all within the octagon. Um, so I'm still siding with Islam Mahachev. I don't I'm not as high on him as like a lot of people are. Like, I, I think that he's he's probably top five caliber for for a very long time. But I feel like there are some stylistic matchups within a division that could definitely uh, expose him. But uh, I'll be siding with him and I'll, I'll sprinkle Bobby Green in. X amount of lineups just because of even in a loss, he could do enough to possibly come through for us. 
Of course, this is the also MMA strategy show. Of course, we're here to break down UFC Vegas number 49. Of course, if you're not also a plus member, you want to get a little peek what's behind the paywall. Today's free premium data and tools are NBA player rankings and NHL player rankings. So you can check out that. Also, we got our podcast giveaway that is going on. Give us a five-star review with your Twitter handle or awesome username. Will you leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform? It'll be entered with a free month of also plus platinum. Also, we're excited to announce our new NBA props betting show, Locks Before Locks, which we add to our daily schedule for 30 minutes before the NBA Deeper Dive Show every day. Head over to the Odd Shopper YouTube channel for the best edges available on NBA player props straight from the experts here at Osmo. So be sure to check that out. Of course, subscribe to us right here on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up. We always do appreciate that. Of course, the now the co-main event of this fight card is Misha Serkinov taking on Wellington Thurman. And this is Pete, one of the fights that I think you have to prioritize for GPP just because of the likelihood of a potential early finish. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, Misha Serkinov has been a guy that, uh, you know, has tons of success in round one and tons of, you know, defeats within round one. And I, I do think that he's a cardio liability within the division. And I think that's kind of just how he is. Uh, he's a round one and a half type of guy, uh, you know, outside of that, the later round, uh, the later time in, in round two and three, he starts to struggle with his gas tank. And um, I don't believe that he's, you know, an exceptional striker by any means. It's where uh, the, the grappling where he's able to have a ton of success. And I think this is an interesting matchup because Wellington Terman, you know, is coming off of a camp where he was preparing for Rodolfo Vieira, who's one of the best grapplers within, within a division. And uh, you have Misha Serkinov preparing for, you know, a, a different opponent as well. And now that these guys are finally matched up just to basically get them both a fight, I think it's an interesting stylistic clash. And, uh, I'm actually favoring the underdog in Wellington tournament. And I, I just think it's an ugly GPP type of fight where anything can happen. Um, Misha really succeeds uh, and, and, you know, getting people to the mat. I think that he might struggle against Wellington tournament in doing so. And I think that Terman's kickboxing and uh, jujitsu is enough to, to keep him out of danger, at least for round one. This could be a situation where Terman, you know, absorbs some strikes, uh, gets taken down a few times, and then really you know, just you know, turns the tide in, in rounds two and three. So Wellington tournament for me is going to be uh, one of the underdogs I'm going to get probably the most exposure to. Um, I, I take that back, probably second most exposure to. There's another underdog that we'll get to that I really like this week. New on Curiosity Stream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Um, but yeah, Wellington Terman, uh, training with Glover Teixeira as well. Um, I, I just think that he, his preparation and his youth could be, you know, in as advantage this week. So I'm picking Terman to win. I was hoping you were going to mention that, that angle, yeah. the fact of he does train with Glover Teixeira, of course. Glover did fight Misha Serkinov back in 2017. It was a first round TKO victory there for Wellington, uh, excuse me, for Glover Teixeira. Uh, you know, this is, yeah, when it comes to, I, you know, I mean, look, and when Serkinov goes out there and he wins, you know, it's going to be a first round finish. It's just for the sure. way he is. That's why price point 8,300, 7,900, like you, I, I do, do want to take a shot here on the other dog in Wellington Thurman. We'll see how well uh, that looks there, but I do think that is a fight that we definitely have to prioritize uh next up we got uh kim versus Kechawera. and uh this is one of those ones where for priscilla Kechawera, this is a fight that i do think is tailored more for her 
because she's not going to have to. I, I, at least I don't expect her to have to face takedowns because, I mean, look, if you're taking on Cachoeira, the thought process is let's not stand with them. Let's let's take her down. Yeah, I mean, for Priscilla Cachoeira, she wants to be in striking affairs and uh, her short stature uh, within the division and just her dangerous knockout power has led to a lot of opponents just chaining takedowns together and trying to put her on her back. Uh, I will say that her striking defense is uh, basically non-existent. Her hands never touch her chin. Um, her hands never come up to protect herself. She eats punches galore. And I think that could be uh, a, a rough situation here against Gideon Kim, especially because there's a seven-inch reach advantage for Kim. And uh, Kim's volume is pretty exceptional. Um, like, I, I think that she might even double Priscilla Cachoeira's volume within this fight. I expect this to be a 15-minute affair of them both landing shots. Uh, Priscilla Cachoeira has the, the power advantage in this situation, and she showed it when she knocked out uh, Shayna Dobson and uh, even Gina Mazzani, where, you know, she can withstand some damage and she's got some heavy, heavy punches. I don't hate Priscilla Cachoeira at 7,600. I really don't. And uh, in women's MMA, it's extremely volatile. And we saw that last week at Jessica Rose Clark, Stephanie Egger, and Egger looked good and uh, came through and was a part of the optimal lineup. And this could be a week where if Cachoeira finds a knockout, she's going to be a part of the optimal. I just feel like Gian Kim, um, I was watching her hit pads uh, at Syndicate and uh, just seeing the footwork and the long striking of Kim makes me want to side with her a little bit more than uh, Cachoeira's just reckless style. I, I think, you know, that reckless style is going to bite her in the butt. One of these days, she's going to get planted on her backside, especially if she runs into a straight shot from Kim. You know, mentioned about that, the statistics when it comes to striking. Strikes land per minute, 5.04 for Kim, 3.82 yeah. for Ketchaware. But the number that really sticks out to me, Pete, strikes yeah. absorbed per minute, 5.47 for Kim, 6.97 for Ketchaware. You would imagine that would get inflated a little bit more because of the reach advantage that Kim does have in this situation with seven-inch reach. Um you know, in a phone booth, Priscilla Cachoeira is going to land a ton. Uh, if Kim keeps keeps her at the end of her punches, you would expect the longer, rangier fighter to have a little bit more success than a short statured Cachoeira. Dylan, I appreciate the comment there. I uh, appreciate you checking us out here. Uh, I do want, before we move on to uh, the next fight, I do want to uh, answer a couple of questions. And this is more game theory type questions yeah. here. Uh, first off, uh, uh, 1.6 says, how does your process change when you lose a fight card 12 to 11? Um, for me, it doesn't really change much. Um, you know, really where my thought process would change is if like we're going like we have nine fights or eight fights. That's when my, my game theory starts to change. And that's where yeah, you have to at that point start looking at stacking. Yeah, I mean, I, I think stacking is fine. Um, I, the main event is really, if you think it goes five rounds, the, the price on Bobby Green and just given his uh, fighting nature, I think that's okay to get to a little bit exposure with that. Uh, the less fights we have, the more likelihood that stacking is going to be a part of the optimal, as you just mentioned. So I don't hate it. I probably still won't end up with much of it. Um, I just feel like there's some good underdogs. And typically, if the underdogs are ugly throughout, that's when stacking becomes a little bit more viable. Uh, next question was, uh, when do you start considering stacking if doing 10 and 20 lineups? Um, stacking, it, it, and, and for me, it's just a general game theory for me when it comes yeah. to stacking. It's got to be less than 10 fights. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for 20 lineups, I probably want to do it just because I feel like you're, you're really setting yourself up for limited success. Um, and for, for 20 lineups, I feel like there's better ways to get unique. Uh, of course, uh, if you are not an Osmo Plus member, you want to get access to all the great tools and data we have or Osmo.com. You got to sign up for Osmo Weekly Pass. You can get that for $29.95. Gives you full access to everything that we have over at Osmo.com, including ownership projections, player projections, and so much more. And if you're just looking to play MMA DFS and you want to get Osmo Plus MMA package, they start as low as $2.95 weekly. And uh, please note that uh, Fancy Cruncher is a add-on. So I I highly recommend adding on Fancy Cruncher uh, to your account when you sign up over there over at awesomeo.com. It is how I develop all my lineups every day, and uh, especially on Fancy Cruncher with NBA as I'm trying to figure out who's in, who's out of, of who to put in there. Sometimes that's why uh, MMA is a, is a, a little easier sport for me just because I know once the fights are good, you know, and you just hope that you don't lose a fight there. But let's move on to the next matchup that's a part of this card. That'll be Armin Sarukian taking on Joel Al. 
Alvarez saw a, a line where Sarukian was off for the main event, but he he elected to uh, stay with this fight here. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. That would have been yeah. interesting. Yeah, I saw uh, it was the other uh, the other day. I saw and mid uh, that he had he had turned it down. Wow. Well, that that's that would have been kind of funny because Armin Sarukian in his debut, obviously this you know debuted against Islam Mahachev. And had some success, and it kind of threw us all for a loop. And like, damn, this kid's going to be good, man. All right. Well, I mean, look, I think, I mean, look, it's it's smart business, though. Yes, it's look, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for Bobby Green. But I think for a lot of guys, they sit there and say, "What is the advantage of taking a fight on ten days notice against against Islam Mahachev?" But uh, Joel Alvarez here, a plus one eighty betting underdog. What's your thoughts on the underdog here? I like him. I really do like him. And let me tell you, I I like a lot about both of these guys. I'm a fan of both of these guys. And they both have some things that I think um, can definitely exploit the other. So obviously, Armin Sarukian, short stature uh, against Joel Alvarez. Uh, Armin is only 5'7", while Joel Alvarez is 6'3". That is ridiculous, especially for 155 pounds. Uh, Joel Alvarez is basically a welterweight. He's humongous. Um, 72 inch reach for Armin Sarukian, 77 for Yoel Alvarez. So not only is he taller, he's longer too. So, and I, I think the, the clear game plan for Armin Sarukian is to close that gap and take Yoel Alvarez down as much as you can. And Joel Alvarez really hasn't had the best takedown defense at all. And, you know, he almost accepts the position because he's so comfortable off of his back. And that's why I feel like you need to have exposure to both of these guys, um, 9,100 for a guy with tremendous takedown upside and Armin Sarukian mm-hmm. is extremely appealing. Uh, he has not been the best DFS guy. He has had a strong performance in the past, but, um, if this does go the distance, uh, and he has limited, you know, strike output and it's just several takedowns and control time, even given his price and how the other fights go, he might not pay off, but he needs to close the gap because on the outside, I feel like he could actually get knocked out against Joel Alvarez. To be honest, the long strikes of Joel Alvarez. And, uh, you know, the elbows against Tiago Moises, that was something new that we saw. And he looked amazing with it. His knees up the middle, I think, could, uh, you know, make Armin Sarukian a little hesitant. So given the price point at 7,100, I really do like Joel Alvarez. Now, I'm going to have tons of exposure to both, but I'll obviously lean a little bit more to the underdog just because it allows me to get a ton of flexibility within my lineups. And I do feel like the length might be might be a problem. Like, you know, it's not just a little bit. We're talking five foot seven against six foot three. And uh, they both have been KO'd in the past. And I feel like Joel Alvarez could make Armin a little hesitant about the takedowns because of his submission acumen, but also because of the length and the knees up the middle. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things. Uh, if they do have a stare down um, tomorrow at the weigh-ins, which I means it's an apex show. So yeah. um, usually they do bring the main card guys up to, to do a stare down. Yeah. That, that size difference is going to be noticed. And I think that's going to catch a lot of people's attention. That's why I've got a feeling. I think Alvarez is going to be a popular underdog on, on Saturday. Yeah. I, I think that this week it's pretty obvious who the, the underdogs to target are. Um, and they might be chalky throughout, but uh Terman's going to be a guy. I think a lot of people might want to get some interest in. And uh, I think that Joel Alvarez at 7,100, he's the low priced guy that makes a ton of sense with actual upside and possibility of winning the fight. Like if he beats Armin Sarukian, like, okay, this kid is absolutely legit. And in his wins, he has tons of finishes. So uh, when he, when he wins, he performs really well, especially given that price range. Next up, we've got a matchup with another Armin as we've got Armin Petrosky Petrosian taking on Gregor Rodriguez. Rodriguez, the one thing that sticks out to you, we, we, you kind of you look at from a fantasy aspect is his strikes landed per minute, 5.99. Of course, he's won back-to-back fights here. Uh, you look at Petrosky winning his UFC debut over here. So, uh, But uh, another matchup where we have a little bit of a reach advantage for one guy. This time it's Rodriguez as he's got a four-inch reach advantage. Yeah, so Armin Petrosian is a really good striker, really good striker, um, non-existent wrestling. And uh, Gregory Rodriguez, pretty good striker, really good wrestling, really good jiu-jitsu. So this could be a uh, a spot where you're going to get a ton of points. And I feel like this matchup, there's no way that this fight doesn't create. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? 
you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. You know, doesn't make its way into the optimal lineup. I really like the upside of Gregory Rodriguez, given his price point. I think that he can get tons of takedowns because if you go throughout Armin Petrosian's career, he does not know how to stop takedowns at all. And he gets back up, but he gets ragdolled again. And against the guy who has tremendous jujitsu, I think we could see Gregory Rodriguez capitalize where other fighters were unable to. Now, with all that being said, okay, I'm going to sprinkle Armin Petrosian in multiple lineups because he's my fourth favorite underdog on the slate. Gregory Rodriguez, even throughout his regional career, has been rocked, knocked down numerous times. And if Armin can get back to his feet and possibly land some shots, he could definitely come through at 7,700. So he's my fourth favorite underdog on the slate. It's just hard to go against a guy who's already had success at the UFC level and uh, you know, getting a, a dominant win over Park, having to overcome some adversity, uh, another win over Todorovic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like a guy who's battle-tested within the UFC. So I will lean towards Gregory Rodriguez, but this screams GPP all the way. Especially that price point, too, of 8500 7700 You know, that, that's usually a, fight, a, a range that you look at, middle 8000 range to get to. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Fish. You got to check out their player prop tools they have over at prizepicks.com of course be and when you sign up deposit and play over at prize picks you'll get one free month of also plus platinum when you sign up over there at prize picks or receive an email within 24 to 48 hours to redeem your free month of awesome plus platinum of course use that promo code awesome for instant first match deposit of up to $100 now Pete as I looked at the props over there uh, looking at the main event and co-main event um um, really like the under fight time on Misha Serkinov at 10 minutes. Yep. The Machev 11 and a half is another one that kind of stuck out to me. And like, it's a line that I almost want to see where it goes. But right, right now, I would play the over. I, I would agree with you. I, I think it might get stretched out a little bit more. Bobby Green's no slouch. He's just going to be at an extreme disadvantage in the, the jujitsu department. No question. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is just can he survive those 10 minutes? When I looked at takedowns, uh, circling off that number is two, I will go less on that. Agreed. And Malachev, it's two and a half. And if you tell fight. me, if you tell me this fight gets out of the first round, give me more. I mean, yeah. I would go over on that one. But if you think he's just going to get Bobby down once and, and finish him off, not, by, by the way, I did see, I did see a uh, graphic. So the last time Bobby Green headlined a card uh, was a, uh, oh God, I forget what card it was, but they had the graphic from the broadcast and it said fighting style hood. I love it. <laughs> I love Bobby Green. Um, <laughs> and I'm happy that he's getting some shine, but this is an extremely difficult matchup. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say more on that takedown prop. Um, I expect Bobby Green to work back to his feet as he has done throughout his entire career. Um, and uh, he could get ragdolled throughout. But as this fight goes on, I would actually say that I will start to lean in the Bobby Green direction uh, just because of the volume and the possibility of, of Mahachev not really having the best cardio. And my advice to when you're playing over prize picks, if it's early in the week and you find a prop you really like, you got to take advantage of it early because that number is not going to be there on Saturday. Some of these will change. So if you find one you like right now, I mean, for me, uh, I would really lean on the, the two circling off props I mentioned, the under two takedowns and the under 10 minutes of, of fight time. Those are the two that, that really stick out to me. So we'll see what happens in that matchup because, uh, I don't know if that thing makes it past seven and a half minutes, just, just being honest about it. Uh, next up, you got Bahamondes and Rongju. Uh, this one, to me, I feel like is a pretty easy one to break down, Pete, um, where I think if you tell me this thing plays out on the feet, you really like to favor in this one, uh, Bahamondes. But if you tell me this, there's a lot of grappling in this one, I'm starting to look at the underdog. 
Yeah, and I think that uh, Rongju will be um, a, a popular underdog at 7,200. It makes sense. He has a nice, nice box score as well. And uh, it was nice to see him rebound off of his uh, UFC debut defeat and, uh, you know, show some of those skills that we heard about. I really do feel like uh, in this matchup, though, he could have an issue with the length. Again, uh, we have Rongju, five foot nine, Ignacio Bahamonde, six foot three. And, uh, you know, again, this is another situation where the long guy is going to look to keep it on the feet. And uh, Ignacio Bahamonde's comes from uh, a friend of mine's gym, uh, Mike Valley, Valley Flow Systems, Valley Flow Striking. Uh, Ignacio has great, great striking. You saw that, you know, on display in his, his previous performance against Roosevelt Roberts. Uh, that spin kick was amazing. But in addition to that, I just think like the straight punches could be enough to frustrate Rongju. And it's also just the, the takedown defense of uh, Bahamondes. Um, in his Dana White Contender Series fight, his opponent Edson Gomez went zero for five in takedown attempts. Um, there were no takedown attempts uh, from John McDessie. But Roosevelt Roberts went zero of 12 in their previous fight. So I think this could be a situation where the long, taller guy could uh, keep it on the feet and just somewhat pick apart Rongju. So give me Ignacio Bahamondes at 9,000. My only issue is if this just goes 15 minutes and there's not enough scoring, there are some plenty other fighters that, that could definitely outscore Bahamondes, but I, I expect them to get the win. Yeah, I mean, I think the, and I like what you said there about Bahamondes just basically uh, piecing him up. Uh, I will say this, one of the prop bets I do like is Bahamondes via decision um, ranges anywhere from plus 150 to plus 165 depending on yep. on the sports book you look at that to me is one of those props to potentially pay attention to in, in terms of this matchup let's move on next up to a female matchup nunez versus pascal pascal making her ufc debut uh, i'm very familiar with her opponent in her last fight uh shamir peshewa um this is a massive step up in competition let's just say oh, this. <laughs> okay I didn't know where you were going with that. I, I mean, like, I look, I'm trying to be nice, bro. I'm trying okay. to be nice. Massive step up in competition uh, for, for Ramona here. I mean, massive step up in competition. Yeah. Um, Joe Cyan Nunez might be one of my favorite fighters on the, on the slate. Uh, I think that the price range, 8,900, the fashion in which she wins fights, she's extremely aggressive. Um, she has that killer instinct that a lot of fighters – don't really have, uh, and, and that could actually work against you as time goes on, especially if you can't find the finish and you just really exhaust yourself. But we can't really hold that against her until we see it happen, right? Like she just looks incredible. Um, she hits really hard for the division. The Muay Thai is great. And uh, I think that she might pick up a finish here at 8,900. Uh, Ramona Pascal, I, I think here at 7,300, a fighter I won't get to. Like I, I will not get to her. Uh, if she ends up pulling it off and wins, uh, Okay, uh, I, I didn't get that correct, but uh, I think the more logical and the, the most likely outcome is that Josiane Nunes just picks her apart in route to a, a finish as the fight goes on because we have seen uh, uh, Ramona Pasquale finish in the past. So give me Nunes. I think that she's pretty sneaky for the division. She's tiny and she packs a punch. So I like her going forward too. The thing I, I will say uh, about Pasquale, also what you need to pay attention to is tomorrow on the scales. Yeah. She has not fought at Bantamweight since 2019. Both of her previous fights were either at a catchweight uh, or featherweight or north, north of featherweight. So that to me is part of I want to see what she looks like. She is a fighter that is, you know, she got a late start in the sport. I mean, there's no question about that. I just, I look at this and I just say, of uh, because of the huge step up in competition that from what she's competed against previously to what she's competing against Saturday, I, she will be someone that I will, when I do my crunches, I will limp, I will tell fancy cruncher to limit her exposure 10% probably. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have more than her than I, than I will. Um, I'll, I'll probably just, you know, be okay with getting none. And, um, and and I'll tell people, I'll, I start running my crunches tonight. Tonight, you know, basically, you know, I have my thoughts on the fight, but I got to hear what my guy Pete has to say. Because yeah. sometimes Pete can, we have a tendency, we can sway each other where all of a For sudden sure. you bring up something on the show and I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it that way or, or vice versa. You know, um, the, these are great conversations to have. But, you know, because what I do is tonight is when I, I put my my pro plays in over at Osmo.com. And so, um, you know, th there are some weeks I will tell you, uh, Cruncher just likes to give me so much of one fighter that, uh, I, example of it, Cruncher was trying to give me so much Jay Perrin last week. 
And yeah. I was like, I, I had to go in there and just mainly say, I, I think I maybe set him to 10 or 15%. Yeah. Um, you know, talk, talk to Mario Batista uh, this week too. It was, nice. it was kind of interesting. Um, it, probably the most interesting thing he talked to me about was how he dealt with COVID and how much it, it had affected him. Um, and that was part of uh, the reason he, he had been off for a year. You know, yeah, yeah, man, I tell you, I, I had it and I still have some fighters that are coming back from it. And it still feels like it takes some time man. it's like a blockage that just doesn't go away and you can't breathe. It's weird. Um, I think going forward, we need to uh, hire Jason and just have Jason interview every single one of these fighters <laughs> so that we can get a read in an even better read and use the interviews for our advantage. I, I know that Jason, if you haven't paid attention to his, to his work over there at the MMA report, he's constantly interviewing top level fighters and coaches and all this good stuff. But uh, we, we need, we need Jason to just do the cards, talk to every <laughs> single one, and then we'll get the inside scoop. But Pete, you know how this works though. Yeah. They don't tell you this stuff before the fight. Yeah, that's true. They, that is true. They, they, the, the reveals come once the fight's over. <laughs> That is true. And that's the problem with, uh, you know, picking fights sometimes is there are just so many underlying things that you don't know how many fighters are going in there injured or sick or dealing with adversity within their camp or, oh yeah, I trained with John Jones, this whole camp. Oh, you did wish we knew that ahead of time. You know, um, <laughs> some, some crazy things can always happen. And once they're revealed, it's like, wow, hindsight's 2020. It makes a ton of sense now. That, that's why like, you really have to look at, you know, go on their Instagram, and just I do. And, look, yep. and, and literally I will look at their last three months of photos, you know, and maybe you, all of a sudden you see, Hey, this guy's not at the MMA lab anymore. He's now at fight ready. A lot's happened a lot recently. <laughs> a yeah. lot of guys that have made that switch. So that, that to me is always like, we, we talk about game theory. That's part of my game theory of, of looking at guys and saying, okay, all of a sudden, you know, like we mentioned about Wellington Thurman a little earlier on the show. The fact that he's with Glover to share on a daily basis, like that is something you have to think about when Glover has already fought him. So, you know, it's just ways to look into it, but I will tell you, go and go and watch interviews, no matter who they do the interview with, because you might be able to pick some things up about what is going on in the train. Now for me, like my interview style, Pete, I'm more, I, I want to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, social media is kind of like a, uh... Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super superfood on the planet. Breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins actually found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S. made formula to use organic, grass fed whole milk, not skim. We even conducted the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in a quarter century with clinically proven benefits like easier digestion, less spit up, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. And we make our own formula in the USA and our very own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen, and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. One of the final things that I look at, um, just to see the training partners and all that, and uh, you can't always believe what everybody's going to say in an interview either. I mean, you, they have high hopes, and uh, you know, sometimes just say well, they're going to stick to a certain game plan, and things do not go that way. Are you listening to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm just not saying conversation we had all of a sudden. Fight night gets here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what happened? Hey, when the opportunity presents itself, you got to capitalize. That's all. <laughs> I, I totally get you on that. Let's move on to the next matchup because Let's I believe it. this is going to be a fight 
that a lot of people want to kind of get your thoughts on and probably going to be a fight that people are going to be looking at. It's a 7,800-8,400 matchup over on DraftKings. Terrence McKinney, 7,800, and, of course, take on Zaneem here, who 8,400, a minus-125 betting favorite here. I mean, look, this is the ultimate question with Terrence McKinney is this. What happens if the fight hits the 201 mark in the first round? Mm-hmm. Do you like that? That to me is the old question of because he's had so many quick finishes in his career. What happens if this fight gets drawn out, bro? I swear McKinney had a fight since the Frivola one. I swear mm-hmm. he did. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I had a dream that he just completely ragdolled somebody with his wrestling. But when I sat back and I went to the topology and I went to shirt on, I'm like, dude, he didn't have a fight. He only had that frivola performance and then he hurt himself. And then, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. But no, what I'm, no, no, why you're thinking that? Why? He was supposed to fight November. This was the matchup. His cornerman tested positive for COVID. So the fight was pulled from the card. Yeah, no, I knew that. But I, I swear up and down, I saw him ragdolling somebody. And B, you, you know, you're dreaming way too, you're dreaming way too much about MMA DFS. See what I do for you guys? I'm so committed that I'm over here dreaming about outcomes and, uh, you know, I do think that Terrence McKinney has the X factor in this matchup and it's the wrestling. Um, I think that he has power on his feet. And I think that a striker in Farazim is a guy that you want to have, you know, limited striking exchanges with, right? Like, you know, you want to make him respect your striking, but you don't want to um, get into a brawl with him because the technicalities of Farazim striking are just, you know, pretty crisp. He can pick you apart from the outside, good low kicks. I don't really think that he has like such devastating power, but he has sneaky knees for a tall, long frame guy. Uh, Terrence McKinney hits amazingly hard, but also can chain together takedowns. I'm worried about his cardio as this fight gets stretched out. But I really feel like even though Farazim is a part of Sanford MMA and they have a, a room full of talented wrestlers, I think that Terrence McKinney could actually pick up some significant takedown city potential in this matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Uh, Farzim, even in some of his wins, hasn't scored well and has some not questionable decisions, but has been controlled and taken down and then gotten back up to his feet and started to, you know, sway the round back into his favor a little bit. But I think that might be a little bit more difficult in this matchup for, uh, against Terrence McKinney. Um, I'm favoring Terrence McKinney in the matchup, 7,800. He might be my favorite underdog on the slate, and uh, I have high hopes for him here in this matchup, despite how, how difficult it may be. By the way, as I was joking with you about you dream way too much about MMA DFS, in my head, I was like, oh, maybe he sleep talks. Well, someone in the chat just told me you do. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bree will tell you that I'm always talking about fights or I'm always just saying things. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I was asleep. I was talking about the fights. Uh, I She's fall like, asleep what? watching fights almost every single night. Literally almost every single night I fall asleep watching fights. Um, so she's like, why does he keep saying exposures in his sleep? <laughs> yeah, right. 20%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. But I, I, I can't wait for this fight. It's a good fight for sure. I'm just favoring Terrence McKinney. I, I think the wrestling is going to be the difference maker here. The power, the top control. I mean, even on Dana White's contender series, you did see Terrence McKinney take down Sean Woodson. Who's a big, big guy. Yeah. He only scored uh, two of six takedowns, but I, I think that Throughout this time away from the cage, he's been able to make some adjustments, and he should be the the favorite in this matchup, in my opinion. Let's just say my wife has said to me on occasions, like goes, she goes, I think you do interviews in your sleep. See, this is what you're passionate <laughs> about, right? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it happens, bro. It happens, man. Yeah, it you does. know, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it, look, it, it's no different than when I talk to these fires and and, and visualization comes up. Yeah, you know of how you visualize a fight going, and and just kind of relate on the point you were just saying about Terrence McKinney. I'm sure that him and his team there have been you know talk about the visualization of okay, if he gives you this look, here's how we can attack the takedown. And yeah, like you know, I mean, you can speak on this. I mean, it's just the fact of when you're in a fight camp, you think of a thousand different things happening in the fight, and like I can't tell you how many times I've had fighters say like it can really be a mind F because you, you're just, you're thinking so much about the fight. And I've had so many fighters recently just say to me, they'll say like they found themselves like they've got to find a way to decompress. Otherwise it just consumes your life. Yeah. Um, you start to think about every way you can lose a fight. 
And uh, you start to think about every submission or, or shot that you can take that could end up resulting in you losing the fight. And then with that, you try to change that negative talk and try to say, okay, well, if that happens, how am I going to respond to it? How am I going to become victorious if I get caught in something? And, uh, you know, a, a guy in GSP, a legend is, is somebody that, that basically said that he says he, he visualizes losing all the time. But then he's coming back from that and, you know, on, on the brink of defeat. And then he's finding a way to deal with that adversity and come back. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a tough, tough game we play. But, um, you know, I, I do like Terrence McKinney in the matchup. And uh, outside of gassing out, I, I think that he should be the favorite here. Sam, I appreciate your super chat. We'll get to you at the end of the show. We got still three more fights to break down before we get to your questions. We got Alejandro Perez and Jonathan Martinez. Martinez, 8,800. 7,400 for Alejandro Perez. Uh, Jonathan Martinez, unfortunately, he's been on the wrong way of a decision. Uh, yeah. Trains out of, out of Factory X here. When, when I, I saw the price point earlier on today on DraftKings, I was like, that's a little pricey to get to Jonathan Martinez this week. Yeah, a little bit. And I'm not really interested in this fight, to be honest. Um, 8,800 for Martinez and you know 7,400 for Perez. Two guys that within a lighter division, um, Martinez found some success in knocking people out and, you know, has good knees up the middle, sneaky kicks, good combinations. It's just been his aggressiveness has been inconsistent at times. Sometimes he's ultra aggressive. Sometimes he's passive. And I think it's dependent on the matchups and, uh, you know, Davey Grant had some success and, uh, you know, since then it was nice to see Jonathan Martinez kind of pick himself back up and get a win, but. I don't know, man. I'm not really interested in the underdog Perez here at 7,400. I think at best he could sneak out a decision here. Um, you know, working out of AKA, I think that Perez likes to strike, can land takedowns, but I don't think that that Jonathan Martinez is bad in the the takedown defense department. Um, a little bit better than he used to be, and I'm favoring Jonathan Martinez in the bout. I just feel like this might get stretched out and go 15 minutes. Um, I don't know. I, this could be the leverage play of the slate where it, it appears to be the ugly fight on the card that not too many people want to get exposure to. And we're all predicting it to go the distance. And somehow there's tremendous points galore and uh, may, maybe a finish occurs. But if a finish occurs, I, I would like to think it's in Martinez's favor where he ends up knocking him out or catching him with a quick submission or something of that sort. But uh, I'm picking Martinez in the, in the in the bout, but don't really have much interest in this fight. I mean, look, we talk about it every week of finding that higher end option, that option 8,800 and above and saying, okay, who in that range is just yeah. not going to be owned. And uh, I remember uh, in my multiplier contest I was in last week, no one had Mario Batista. I know, you know, th like to me, that's like the example of you got to find that. And this is where you use our ownership of projections over being an awesome plus member to your benefit of I always say is look at that option 88 and above and say, who's under 25%, 30%. Where can you potentially find an angle on the field? Yeah. I mean, it's the the top options that appear to be the, the best ones, you know, Jonathan Pierce, you know, being a little bit disappointing in that performance. And you had the, the lesser 9,000 options actually create making themselves into the optimal lineup. And, you know, before the fight card started, you probably wouldn't have projected that to happen, but it's MMA and uh, anything can happen. So um, I don't mind getting to some of Jonathan Martinez. It's just my expectations are a little low. Speaking of Jonathan Pierce, he told me he almost tapped. Oh, he looked. Let me tell you what he, he OK, he so he this this is what he said to me. He said, he goes, he had me good. And he goes, I was on the verge. And in my mind, he goes, it was, I had two thoughts. It's either tap or I'm going to go to sleep. And he said, you know what? He goes, I can't lose to a guy who stepped up on a couple of days notice. Bro, that opponent, Christian Rodriguez. Rodriguez, that, yeah. Yeah, Rodriguez. That kid is good. That kid going forward, we might have like a buy low situation where everybody's you know, maybe he gets matched up with some, that kid is good. That kid has really good striking was piecing up Jonathan Pierce. And not only that, the, he has really good submission skills. The, the wrestling it's tough to really, you know, criticize him because he's going up against JSP who had a full camp, but Rodriguez going forward, somebody to pay attention to for sure. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and probably, and look, maybe drop down a weight class. I thought that was great. The size size difference you saw between those two guys. But he almost did it regardless of that. It's crazy. That's the thing about these short notice replacement fights where fire comes in, you know, weeks notice, you know, five, six days notice, like it, it becomes a wild card type situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They got nothing to lose. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe cutting, not really having to cut so much weight that they normally do help them. But, uh, man, when you got that ace up your sleeve and and you're coming in as the unknown, you can really throw off some of these favorites. Yeah, and that that's where it pays it, it pays for you to really watch these regional fights, whether it's on mm-hmm. Fight Pass or anywhere else, to be sure to check that out. Of course, one of the things that Pete and I love to see after fights are over are those winning screenshots, and we want to see you get into the Osmo Hall of Fame this week. All you got to be doing is have an Osmo avatar on your DFS profile. You get that over at Osmo.com slash avatar. Tweet your wins at to at Osmo H-O-F, and you finish in the top three of a contest over 5,000 contestants. You win a free month of Osmo plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded per calendar year to a user. Uh, congratulations to my guy, Jordan Klein, who's uh, my producer on the NASCAR shows, taking down third place there in a NBA contest. Also, uh, kudos to Timothy taking down third in a NASCAR contest. I was doing really well in NASCAR until about the final 10 laps, and then all, all my laps just went scrap. Uh, also, congratulations to Allen taking down second place in an NHL contest over there on FanDuel. CJ taking down seven thousand dollars kudos to you for what you were able to do there and there also you see emac with what he was able to do there yeah my nascar lines were looking really good pete really good pete of course having way too much didn't hamlin didn't help me out i know but uh but man yeah i was i was final 10 laps uh, they're on that caution i'm i'm feeling good bro i'm feeling good i'm like i'm because that's the point i'm on the dk app at that point yeah, we get yeah, 10 right. laps to go. That's why I feel like I can really start looking at it. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I'm on the DK app uh, throughout the whole race. And uh, why do you torture yourself like that? Because if I, if I don't look at it throughout it, I'm never going to see green because I just have the worst luck. And, well, no, no. Uh, First in NASCAR, I don't want to be winning money at the beginning of the race, middle that, of the race. That's true, too. That Because usually if that's the case and you're winning money like 20, <laughs> 20 30 laps into the race, that line probably ain't gonna go well. Yeah, the, pit, the pit stops ruin my lineups. The second they go into the pit, my lineups just go you know. Uh, so I don't know. I can't wait. If you guys have not checked out Jason's show, uh, you know, working with Chris and uh, what race sheets? I know him by race sheets. What's his other? What's his Phil? Phil? <laughs> yeah, I know him as race sheets. Phil. Uh, they have tremendous work over there, and and got me an MMA guy into into NASCAR. It's definitely fun. Something different to do um on the weekends and i enjoy it one of the things i will tell people if you're uh you know a newbie to nascar dfs yeah just listen to phil and chris and, and one of the things i always try to bring up with them on those shows is uh you know rules for fantasy cruncher like like a, a rule that chris brought up last week was going in the cruncher creating three groups Drivers starting one to 12, yeah. 13 to 24, 25th to 40th. And, and, and that's things you can do in MMA as well. You know, we, we, we talk about it all the time of you know, create an underdog pool, you know, of sit there like and who those fires are going to be and say, hey, give me, you know, one to two of these guys in every lineup. There, there's those things that you can do. So just kind of you talk about game theory. Uh, next up, we got uh, Brahima taking on Gilmore, 9,300 for Brahima, 6,900 for Gilmore. Um, is there a path to, do you like Gilmore in the spot? No, I don't. And I mean, I can see why some people might think like that Gilmore can have a shot here because 
they're low on uh, Ramiz Brahimai because he didn't have the best performance against Court McGee. Let me tell you, Court McGee's a tough out. Whenever you have anybody going against a solid vet, just like how Islam Mahachev's going up against Bobby Green, you're going up against a veteran who's seen everything and they have so much experience in all areas of the game. And, uh, you know, I think that Ramiz Brahimai, his best, you know, skill set is his amazing jujitsu. Like he's phenomenal once it's on the mat, it's getting the fight to the mat where he somewhat struggles. In the takedown department, he has some good takedowns in his back pocket, but if he could really, really develop that wrestling, I think that he could be an extreme problem for the division. Now, uh, Michael Gilmore going up against Andre Petrosky. Petrosky, not the best cardio. And you saw that even on the the ultimate fighter. But what Petrosky brings to the table is good pressure, good wrestling, mm-hmm. and you know, some good jujitsu as well. But I think that his cardio is a lot worse than uh, Ramiz Brahimai and uh, at 9,300, despite all the volatility surrounding Ramiz and how untrustworthy he may seem, I'm still back in the guy, man. Like when, when Michael Gilmore gets taken down to the mat, he just looks like a fish out of water and does not really do the correct things. Doesn't really get under hooks. Well, he can defend some takedowns on the feet, but uh, I, I largely view this as a Brahimai inside the distance play. And at 9,300, I think that he can get it done within two rounds. So I like him here. He just needs to, to push the action quickly. The opening fight of the car will be two Dana White contender series winners making their UFC debuts. You've got uh, Victor and Carlos. That's your 8,200, 8,000 matchup. And this was kind of a scary one for me, uh, two yeah. guys coming off the contender series. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, you know, lighter weight class, um, I don't really know how much I can trust either one of these guys. I will tell you that Carlos Hernandez comes from uh, my friend, Mike Valley uh, strikings gym as well. And uh, you know, Carlos Hernandez has pretty good striking um, and okay. Wrestling. They both, you know, Hernandez and Alta Murano can get taken down at times and can get, you know, controlled off their back. So it's going to be like a kind of tit for tat type of, competitive fight and in a competitive fight like this i don't really know if we're going to have a dominant side but their price range is absolutely fine 8200 8000 they're going to make their way into my lineups just naturally because it, it just allows me a ton of you know roster flexibility um i'll be even i'll have to see how the ownership comes in but i'm not trying to get to this fight too much like if i could just pass on the fight this would be one of the three that i'm okay with getting away from just because i think it's going to be competitive throughout and uh i'll be signing siding with uh, hernandez at 8200 um but if you really want to dive into their records alta morano has faced the tougher competition he has been tested throughout his amateur and uh professional career throughout lfa pretty pretty you know consistently whereas hernandez only had like one maybe two step ups in competition so uh it's hernandez for me but ever so slightly let's finish up the show with our straight up fight picks plus we'll get to sam's super chat questions uh main event uh, you know i i want I, I would love to see bobby green pull it off but yeah I, yeah the brain says it's on machev and, and i expect him to win yeah machev i'm rooting for bobby though uh, co-main event is uh, Serkinov and Thurman. I'll give me the underdog. I would go with Wellington Thurman. Yeah, give me Thurman. Uh, Kim and Ketchawera. Uh, I will go Kim. Yeah, Kim. Even though I do want to take some shots on Ketchawera and, and GPPs. Uh, Sarukian and Alvarez. Um, I will go Sarukian. Okay, I'm going Alvarez. All right, Petroski and Rodriguez. I like Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm going Rodriguez. A Bahamondes and Zoo, I will go Bahamondes, but concerned if the fight does hit Matt. Yeah, Bahamondes. Clearly, it's it's a Nunez play for me. Yeah, Nunez all day. Uh, I would go McKinney over uh, ZM. McKinney. Uh, I'll go Martinez. I think he gets the job done by decision. Martinez. Uh, I'll go Brahima against Gilmore. Brahima. And then I will, I'm going to go Victor. I'm going to go the slight underdog getting into that matchup. Okay, I'm going to go Hernandez. And just one quick thing I want to say. Uh, Bahamondes, his main sparring partner has been Bilal Muhammad throughout this camp. So I definitely think that could, can help him in a situation against you wrong. All right, Sam, uh, let's just start his over under. He, uh, he's going six and a half on over under finishes. I think that's a good number, Sam. That is a good number, Sam. Good number, Sam. I'm going to say, I'm going to say under. God, I think it's right around that six, seven. Number. Yeah, it's a good one. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say under. I'd probably say under, but yeah, that, that's a really good number, Sam. Uh, top two cash. Um, well, top two cash, probably Mahachev, despite everything we said. And um, Josiah and Nunez, definitely. Nunez would be my, my top cash play. Uh, top GPPs. McKinney. Um, I think Brahimai has some incredible uh first round appeal too uh favorite inside the distance uh to me that is Serkinov, thurman uh nunez pasquale yeah i'm saying nunez uh upset or fate of the night i mentioned um i'm moment exposure on someone like Ramon pascal um i will yeah. probably and not have much of perez and martinez yeah i might yeah i agree with you the perez and martinez the the price on Martinez makes me want to get off of that fight. Um, I'm fading first fight in the night. Uh, a little underweight, I should say, not fading. Uh, Aaron Petrosky may be the leverage play potentially of this card. Yeah, I don't I don't mind him. I tell you, if he's going to win, it's going to be, be a knockout and having to withstand tons of takedowns. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Austin MMA Strategy Show. Coming up next is the NHL Strategy Show. Secure the block here. Guys, get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. Myself and Pete will be back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock, 3 p.m. Eastern time to get you ready for UFC Vegas. So have a great day, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.